Just before we get started, everyone, Titus O'Reilly here. You would have heard me saying we have Bizarre Plus, our membership program. If you'd like to join, you get a weekly bonus podcast. You get access to all the past bonus episodes. You get to vote on future episodes. You get early access to live show tickets, a fortnightly newsletter, a members-only chat room, all sorts of stuff. If you've got interest in becoming a Bizarre Plus member, look at the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you on board. It's Sports Bizarre. Get into it. Some of these stories you would say, that cannot be true. I'm fine to us. <laughs> the hunt for the weirdest. This is madness. It's a masterclass in how not to do things. The most airbrained scheme <laughs> I've ever heard Strangest. Of. Oh, wow, you can't make this up. Things are only going to get more bonkers. <laughs> most unbelievable. The most genius thing I've ever heard. You say evil, I say brilliant. Stories to ever occur. An unparalleled array of deadbeats. <laughs> a mecca for colourful characters. In the world of sport. Had a taste for testicle soup. Can I just stop you for a second? Don't it like you've never done this? Sports Bizarre. Opened his mouth and a sparrow flew out. (laughs) Slept face down with a compass to make sure that his head was pointing north. (laughs) He had so many sixes into the members that they retreat into the bar. I better lie down after that. It's time for the leaders of the hunt. It's 10 cent beer night at the ballpark. It's Titus O'Reilly and Mick Malloy. Welcome to the latest episode of Sports Bazaar with me, Mick Malloy, and of course, as always doing the heavy lifting, it's Titus O'Reilly. And Titus, your love of sport is so profound, and you always manage to chase down every great sporting story. Yes. With no eye to anything tabloid. Trends. Or trends, or fashion. Right. But you just go on an archaeological dig and find the greatest stories in the history of sport yes and for that i thank you and honor you because yeah you can't be bought we won't chase down the story of the day or you know cash in on something tangentially related to so what's uh, sport so what's today's story so we're gonna do today taylor swift and the nfl (laughs) okay i'm gonna put it to you yes this is a crass attempt to garner the Taylor Swift fans out there. And by the way, payback for Travis Kelsey and his podcast. Yes. Which occasionally now beats us. As occasionally the, the does, most yeah. most popular podcast, yeah. sports podcast in Australia. Because of Taylor Swift. Yes. So like, we've had a look just, at that and gone, how can we cash in? Can I just add you are wearing a Taylor Swift friendship bracelet? I think yours says Furfy, well, though. I've got four. There's two that say Furfy, one that says Kebab. And another one that says shags. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, it's going to be very hard to swap those. Yeah, very hard. It could be read the wrong way when you're handing it to a 13-year-old girl. Not ideal. Mick Malloy in controversial. Well, you remember I told the story. I was on day one at Lord's. Yes. Bucket list stuff for me. And I spent the whole day on the phone trying <laughs> to secure Taylor Swift tickets for my girlfriend and her daughter. Yeah. Got those tickets. And then recently, phone rang. Bang, I've got a couple to the function. Yeah, Taylor rang you. Taylor said, Mickey, I'm touching down. Would you like to come? I went, all right then. (laughs) So I wanted to do something on this. One, I was like looking at the Taylor thing. I'm a big NFL fan and so I was watching all of this takeoff and there were so many funny things coming out of it. I thought that would be a good one to do. But then for those that aren't into Taylor, so don't worry too much, we're going to go more on how much it's impact the NFL and all those sort of things. But also we're going to talk about other 
Power couples. Power couples in the sports slash entertainment industry because I've got a bunch of those stories that I've always wanted to do. Right. I mean, this makes them look like the most sane couple by the time we finish this. <laughs> so let's just talk quickly before we do about yeah. Taylor Swift. So with the uh, NFL, the impact she's had yes. on that, they're saying she's added $300 million plus to the bottom line. That's US dollars, so US that's US half dollars. a billion Australian. So for Kansas City, yeah. so jerseys are gone, Bunter, yep. Travis Kelsey is gone to another level. Yep. The polarising cutaways to her, yes. to the actual football that's inspired a drinking game. Yep. She chugged she, a beer. She is at, very at plugged the, into what's going on and she's smart enough to know if everyone's drinking while the camera's on me, I'm going to do it. So here in Australia, she's added $60 million worth of merchandise. Yeah. The head of the Reserve Bank of Australia to come out and say that the injection of money yep. into the economy should not have an inflationary Yeah, they're having to carve everyone down. On the economy. I know. Imagine that. Now, that's when you're in a different level altogether. Yeah, but, you know, when people are hearing this, we will have probably just done our first live sports bazaar. Yes. And the money that is injected into Richmond. Oh, wow. You and yeah. I in the local pubs. It's not the fans, it's you and I drinking in the local pubs. And I can't say whether Taylor was our special guest or, or not. Uh, <laughs> could be next week. Could be next week. You never know. So. Uh, that would be pretty funny if she just turned up to the Corn Hotel to do a sports podcast. <laughs> and Taylor Swift comes in. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. Well, people track her planes. Yeah. Imagine if we were so famous, people like tracked our Uber. Oh, exactly. <laughs> no one even knows where we are or cares. That's the difference. No. All right. So she's big time. She's big. I thought I'd go through a little bit of how big she is, a bit of who Travis is, how they met sort of stuff because there's some funny stuff in there. Then we're going to get into the impact on the NFL and the reaction it sparked. Okay. And then we're going to move on to some of these other power couples. So. Let's start off with Taylor Swift. Everyone knows who she is, but to give you an idea how big she is, she's worth $1.1 billion. Herself. And she's the only artist that sort of has got to that without having to necessarily own another business. Like a yeah, lot of the others have owned yeah. other things. Okay. But people say, oh, she's like the Beatles and, and people get annoyed and go, I can't be as big as Beatles. But in terms of money and everything, she is like orders of magnitude bigger than anyone else in the music industry sure. or entertainment. Like yeah. she literally does have an impact on local economies if she just goes yeah. there. She became a billionaire in October 2023 from her era's tour and the value of her back music catalogue. So that's where she's making the money. She won't get all of this because there's costs and everything, and it, but it could, by the end of the year's tour, it could be up to like $4 billion of revenue coming Didn't in. Didn't she buy her back catalogue back off? She couldn't buy it back off them. They wouldn't sell it. So, so she, she re-recorded all their... And has sold, made more money off those off than those. the originals did. Well, yeah, and also she means she can, if someone wants to use it, Taylor Swift's song in a movie or an ad or something, they can buy her official one and she gets the money, not the other guy. Wow. So so she's pretty smart business. Yeah, she's those. real. As, like, as, she does all that. As well. She's got $500 million from royalties and touring. Her music catalog is worth $500 million, and then she owns about $125 million in real estate. A bit like you and I there. <laughs> That's the one bit we can match. Her demand for tickets for the Eras Tour last year in America was so big that it, Overwhelmed Ticketmaster. Now, to be fair, yeah, <laughs> overwhelming yeah. ticket. All the ticketing companies, I don't want to say this about just Ticketmaster, but Ticketek, Ticketmaster, these ones, they're the only business I know that seems surprised when people want what they're selling. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, like, you've got one job, selling tickets. Selling tickets, and, and they can't do it. want a ticket, you go, well, hang on, well, you didn't see this coming. And they always say it's unprecedented demand. You go, what for, you know, Fremantle playing Gold Coast? <laughs> 
in round eight. For, for or, Tassie versus Queensland, Sheffield Shield. Yeah. Oh, it's who like, could have known? They're like, oh, I can't believe that people wanted to come to this, you know. So they – and you and I know you were at Lord's doing it, me doing it for oh, my kids. Exactly. We were sitting on that. Anyone who – the trauma of trying to get tickets was like yes. right up there. It overwhelmed them and it led – Ticketmaster falling over. She was furious about it, but it's led to members of Congress to question the company's monopoly on <laughs> ticket sales. So this has gone to the floor of Congress. Now, American politics and the Congress, nothing happens no. fast. Like no. they fight over everything, Ukraine, everything. They're like at each other's throat. Ticketmaster goes down and they go, oh, we need to fix this. Well, this is serious. Well, there was another incident where AI created a nude image of Taylor Swift Yes, and they have failed to get AI laws to the floor of Congress. Yeah. When it happened to Taylor Swift, straight away they went, we need to do something about yeah, this. This is, this the, is the thing that will bring in laws and regulations attached to AI because yeah. a nude picture of Taylor Swift showed up and yeah. they went, we can't have this. They, someone asked AI to do nude pictures of you and I and AI said no. Yes. <laughs> It pulled its own plug out. <laughs> Said, I won't do that. I'll, I'll obliterate the planet, but I will not do that. Yeah, that's, right. that's actually how Terminator 2 begins with AI losing it over being asked. Uh, now, she sold 4.1 million tickets last year for this tour, 2 million on the first day. Yeah. Scalpers jacked up the prices to the point where some tickets were costing $22,000. Fans then filed lawsuits about this and the Justice Department has opened an investigation. So she's got Congress and all this sort of yeah. happening. So when the Eras Tour kicked off in Glendale, Arizona, which is where the big stadium that Arizona Cardinals play out of, that's where she was performing. So she's always performing in like yeah. 40, 50,000 seater and yeah. at the G it's 100,000. So she's always in those huge ones. The mayor came out and said she generated more revenue for businesses in Arizona when this happened in Glendale than when the Super Bowl was held there earlier that year. Unbelievable. So she's literally brought in more money than the Super Bowl. That's the tr- first mind That's the biggest sporting event in the world. Yeah. That's the biggest single event. Yeah. Which yeah. is truly mind-boggling. And we see when she went – that was the 2023 one, the 2024 Super Bowl, which she was at, even bigger, right? So this is the sort of thing. Partner is Travis Kelsey who many people would be now familiar with, but if you're not an NFL fan, is considered one of the greatest tight ends of all, all time. time. So even like, you know... It's Future this, Hall of Famer, yeah, walk-up start. This is not a fringe player she's <laughs> dating, right? He's a nine-time pro bowler, four-time first-team all-pro selection. He owns the NFL record for most consecutive and most overall seasons with 1,000 yards, received by a tight end. So tight end sort of like a wide receiver. He catches the ball, but a heavy um, bigger. Well. And so it's got a combination of that. He owns the, mo- the record for the most receiving yards by a tight end in a single season. He's won the Super Bowl now three times. So yeah. with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. So he is the elite of He's the NFL. Off the charts. Yep. His brother, Jason, was the center Seems for like Philadelphia. Seems like a bit of an egghead. They're both, like, very funny. Jason's weirdly, like, we get into some of his partying antics. He looks like he's, he's, he'd be he's fun. good to go. You and him would have a ball. Oh, I like right. his style. Yeah, you'd like his style. But he's actually, early on, was the more sensible of the two. <laughs> so they both went to University of Cincinnati and Travis actually got caught smoking marijuana, okay. which in America is reacted to, you know, like you've been on a heroin bender sure. or something. And he was actually going to be suspended by the coach, like kicked off the team, not just suspended. Wow. And Jason rang the coach and said, 
give him another chance. I'll right. They were both on the same team at the time. I'll keep an eye on him. They gave him a second chance, yeah. right? And he redrafted him for the Kansas City Chief, which has turned out brilliantly yeah, for him. Sure. But when he did, Andy Reid the previous few seasons had coached Jason at the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. And so on draft day, Travis got rung by Andy Reid and Andy Reid said, we're thinking of drafting you. And he said, oh, coach, I'll do whatever you want. Um, you know. And he said, I don't want to talk to you. Put your brother on. <laughs> and they put his brother on and, and he said, am I getting the good one or the bad one with Travis? <laughs> and Jason's like, no, no, you'll get the not the pot smoking one. You'll get the serious yeah. one. So Andy goes, all right, we'll tell him he's drafted then. Wow. So, you know, so they've had a, they, so they've been tight as brothers forever, right? Back in 2016, the plan with Travis, and he's got a few people that work for him, the plan well before Taylor going back years, and this leads to some of the conspiracy theories later. Yes. He's had people working for him to basically make him famous. So he's always seen it as, I'll be great at football, but I want to leverage that into being Is a broader right? celebrity. Yeah. So I got a couple of guys who actually, there's a big profile in the New York Times about them. They sat down and had a plan of, how do we make Travis? Does this give weight to this? Well, this is the conspiracy. I don't think it gives theorists. weight. I think it's why there are some of these conspiracy theorists because he was thinking smartly. Like, well, he's a good-looking guy. He can chat. He's quite funny. He's hosted Saturday Night Live since and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. He was like, "You never know me. You're going to get injured. I'm playing in Kansas City. It's not LA or yeah. New York. How do I become famous?" So they set him up in 2016 in a reality TV show called Catching Kelsey. Where fifty women competed to capture his art. Oh wow! Art. It was the Bachelor. Is that how we met Taylor? <laughs> Contestant number thirty-nine. Exactly. He says that he wishes everyone would forget about this show. <laughs> no, it was so bad. Kelsey said when he hosted Saturday Night Live in March last year, he said it was kind of like the Bachelor, except instead of roses, I handed out footballs, <laughs> and instead of watching, people did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's go. In September 2022, well before he met Taylor, Kelsey and his brother Jason launched the podcast called New Heights, which is the one now, now the number one in the world podcast, sports oh. podcast. And it started off very well, but there is no doubt that of the Taylor bump has sent that. Well, we saw it here. So, yeah, the fact that American football podcast is often number one That's in Australia. And, and you was just, not previously. Yeah, is saying something. One of us need to take Taylor Swift or Pink. Who's yeah. available? We need to date someone more famous than us. Is I'll the... date Vanessa Amorossi. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to do it. I don't know if that's going to do it. Out of the... See, the people we would need to have the bump probably wouldn't date us. That's the real <laughs> problem here. <laughs> now, the couple started dating. So what happened first is Travis Kelsey was a fan. A fan of, of Taylor. Yes. And she performed at Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium. And he attempted to give her, much like you have a um, friendship base that says kebab, <laughs> <laughs> he got one made with his phone number on it. And oh, wanted to give it to her. Oh, Travis, well played. Yeah, so he went to give it to her, but he was blocked by security, wasn't allowed anywhere near her. She sent back a bracelet that just says blocked. Yeah, piss off. <laughs> Hang but, on, security wouldn't let him near Taylor. No, and after the show, she he couldn't get anywhere near her, right. even though he was like in his home I mean, stadium, like knew everyone. And a huge, in, and it, yeah, he was a big star wow, in Kansas okay. City. And so, but apparently, what Taylor does is the minute she finishes her show, 
She doesn't talk to anyone. She goes back to the hotel and just collapses because it's a three Everything hour and forty five minute. It's three hour and forty five minute show. So she apparently, and if she's got more shows, she just rests her voice. I do everything. that after our podcast because I'm spent. Yeah, you know how much effort I put in. Yeah, this. I know. So I go and tog off and uh, <laughs> run a bar, <laughs> run a bar, take light some off scented off. candles. Who? Yeah. Who's calling? No. No. <laughs> uh, possibly seen him. What he did next is he talked about on the po- his podcast about how he tried all this. He, You know, he's very open about it and he was like, yeah, I want to meet her. I think she's fantastic. I'm desperate to go on a date with her. Her security blocked me. Yeah. I'm devastated. I can't believe she didn't say right. yes. Or, so he blasts that out to the world on like it was already a huge uh, podcast. This, right? is, this is a courting. Yeah. Yeah, Taylor revealed later on that it all started when Travis very adorably put me on blast on his podcast, which I thought was metal as hell. She said, "Let's put it on blast, mate." That means just because he put it on his podcast and sent it out there. Oh right, it's like you know, it's like announcing. Yeah, it's like like putting on it, like announcing through a megaphone. I wish you'd blast someone. Oh yeah, if you want to put out who you'd like to date, I mean Vanessa Amorossi's already (laughs) rung. We haven't even put the podcast out yet. I don't even know why I said that. She's lovely. <laughs> you either panicked or it's a deep insight into your life, into your mind. Now, apparently there were people in her inner circle. Who passed who, it on. Well, they were aware of him saying this. They were aware of the story of him not being able to give her the bracelet. They were sort of – and they started to think because she recently, a bit earlier she'd broken up with her previous boyfriend, yeah. Joe Alwyn, and then she had – dated briefly Matt Healy, who was the lead singer of the 1975, which is a band, and that had not gone that well. And so our friends were kind of like, he seems like a nice guy, right? Like, why don't you... He seems a, a, a bit of a different... Very a, different a, to them. ...than some of the other and, and a lot of the others have all been quite, like, her previous boyfriend that was very, like, they never talked about being in a relationship, they never did anything public or anything. You couldn't get, from what we know now, a less public couple. So he's happy to tell the world, like, I'm yeah. into her. I'm, he's the opposite of um, yeah. the meme online is girls like men who are nonchalant and that's sort of how you get by playing hard to get and they're saying he's not nonchalant, he is chalant. <laughs> <laughs> so he is just like, yeah, I like you, I want to date you. Yeah, great. So he's been like that from the start. So they start hanging out and um, no one knew for a, while, for a little while but then – she turns up at one of his Kansas City Chiefs for the first time and this is when people suddenly realise, oh, good Lord. And that, some people thought this was the first date but they'd actually been chatting and hanging out for like a month or something. But suddenly everyone's like, yeah. oh, my God. Tra- oh, it's public, isn't it? It's, it's, like, it's like posting on Instagram or something. Yep. It's like saying, yep. Yep. And that's where everyone started, the network started covering the game. They would flick to her in the box cheering and... She's in the box with Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds and all these sort of people. And so suddenly the celeb factor at Chiefs games and, and the Kansas City is not a destination city in America. Yeah. It's not LA or New York, right? So suddenly you've got all the biggest stars in America going to Kansas City. Yeah. And so it's kind of changed that whole thing. They then go to a Saturday Night Live after party and suddenly everyone's like, totally together sure she's hanging out with his mum all this sort of stuff and the media frenzy is next level off the hook off the hook his mum who's become quite famous donna kelsey was asked about her and what it was like to meet her and she said my era was earth wind and fire and chucka khan <laughs> <laughs> but she said talent is talent that's so, a blast for chucka khan yeah chucka khan's like yeah i'd prefer this 
she starts attending games, ratings go through the roof. We'll Absolutely. get into some of the ratings soon. People start filming it. It becomes the number one story pretty much on earth. Forget the war in Ukraine and you know the Middle East. <laughs> this is, is what people want to know about. Hmm. Jason, who plays for Philadelphia, he's just announced his retirement. They got knocked out in these playoffs hmm. and so he'd finished. So his brother was still in the playoffs. So they're playing Buffalo and he goes along to support. Yes. He was a really good player. He was a yeah, centre. He was really good, one of the best. And so him retiring was a big deal. He won Super Bowls and all this sort of stuff, right? He suddenly realises, like a lot of athletes, I'm retired now. Like he retired a week earlier. I'm going to go to Buffalo where the snow was like a metre high. This was the one where people... Uh, and take my top off. Yeah, but this is where people like yeah, it was got sh- frostbite. And st- the ground yeah, themselves. the fans were... Yeah, there was right? so much snow. People got frostbite watching the game, right? <laughs> Seriously, I'm not even making that up. And the Buffalo Bills fans are known for being... Super hardcore. It's yeah. right up in New York on the border with Canada. It gets freezing yeah. there. Even when it's freezing, they go set up tables, wooden tables. They light them on fire and people jump off something through them. Yeah. This is a, one of their traditions. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's like Jason shows up. He's <laughs> retired a week earlier. He's like, I don't have to keep my body in good shape or anything. And he goes, I want to go up next. Even though his brother's playing for Kansas City, he's going, I'm just going to support my brother. But I want to go and have a ball with the Buffalo Bills Mafia, as they're called, the yes. Buffalo Bills fans, they tailgate out in the car park. Sure. They party the car park. I want to go jump through a table. I want to go drink. <laughs> I want to do all this, right? That's He's, a way. Travis is like, you're meeting Taylor later for the first time. Can you keep it game. tidy? Could you just? Rain it in. And Jason's wife, Kylie, is saying, best behaviour, meeting Taylor. This is important to your brother. He goes, yeah, sure, sure. He goes, <laughs> I'm going to jump through a table, though. <laughs> And they go, you can't. So anyway, he turns up early before, before everyone else and goes and finds a bar. There's a bar that's well known yeah. there and he's drinking with just all the fans in the bar and they're all like thrilled to see him. And then he gets stuck there because they're all wanting to drink with him and yeah. like, you know. So then quite drunk, he walks in the car park but he's got to get to the game. He stops and sculls a shot out of a bowling ball, which is on film because <laughs> this is what the Buffalo fans do. But it's too late to jump through a table. They've all been jumped oh, through it. And so the he's, tables are gone. Yeah, so he. I'm sorry, we don't have a table for you. you know, they had to jump he'll, through them all. You'll have to come back later. Yeah. We'll take a booking. So he says, Well, I'm so hyped. He said, I'd been focusing on I was going to jump through a table. And suddenly I can't jump through the table. Right. And I'm drunk and I'm all hyped. So I'm like, I've got to do something else. Right. Right. So he goes to the box. His mum's there and Taylor's there and he meets Taylor and his wife is there and she's saying, you need to calm down a lot, right? <laughs> I've had that chat. Yeah, I've you would be very I know that chat. He says to Kylie, his wife, who's a cracker actually, very right. funny, Kylie, I'm just letting you know because they had the door, the windows open on the box. He goes, I'm going to take my shirt off <laughs> and jump out the box at some point and celebrate with the Buffalo Bills faithful at some point just, you know. And she says... Jason, don't you dare. <laughs> right? She's saying, you're going to be on your best baby. You're meeting Taylor. Don't you dare don't do, do this. this. Not today. Yeah. And he says, I'm not asking. I'm just telling you what I'm going to I'm do. I'm just giving you a heads up. Yeah, that's what he says. She later said in an interview, well, when I bring home a new dog, I'm telling you I'm not asking. So she's using that against him already. Yeah. This is all playing out point. And he says, Kylie, the first day, day I met you, I was blackout drunk and fell asleep at a bar. This is part of the charm. This is part of the Jason Kelsey charm. I want to make my best first impression. This is what you signed up for. Yeah. This is who I am. Yeah. And Taylor is going to get 
the full service <laughs> first impression. She's not getting polite behavior yeah. or anything. Mr. Anyway, this is, was all over the world. He jumps out and he's got his chest off and he's sculling beers and talking to all the Fantastic. fans. And he does it a few times. His wife says, you need to get back in the box because the secure... <laughs> <laughs> Literally back in, get Everybody back in your box. Everybody out of the pool. Yeah. You... Put something on. <laughs> but it's like you literally need to get back yeah, in your yeah, box, yeah, you know. And so he's like, you need to relax. And she's like, no, the security, because Taylor's in here, the security at the front of this box, they're trying to keep everyone out and you're kind of inviting them almost in because yeah. he's holding up. A kid had a sign saying, Taylor, this is my first NFL game. I I'm thrilled you're here. He holds the kid up. Virtually hoists her into the. And always pushes her in the box so Taylor can see it. And he's drunk off his head, right? Like, But the parents are thrilled that this drunk man is suddenly lifting up their eight-year-old daughter. But no one cares. They're having a great time, right? The Kelseys are suddenly overnight. No the mom and the two. On the field, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Well, on the field, uh, Travis is winning the game for Kansas City <laughs> to get Yeah, there. so he's playing. He's up to his eyeballs. In he does not know what's going on, right? So he comes off the field and they interview him. They say, oh, what about your brother? Jump? And he's like, got no, because it's his brother, he's not even shocked. He's just like, oh, yeah, that would happen. You know, that was bound to happen. Yeah, so Taylor said she loved it. She's like, you know. Great. Because how could you not? You'd be, you know, this is fun stuff, right? Yeah. Like this is. You know, one day when Sports Bar's number one podcast in the world, we are doing this. Right. I'll be chucking babies into that box <laughs> faster than you can catch them. That's all I'm saying. So that's all going now. Now, as she's going to all these games, I think she went to like seven or eight games, yeah. and some of the playoffs too, it might be a little bit more. As a result of her being there, the NFL season had its highest regular season viewership among women since it began tracking it in 2000. Unbelievable. So the ratings go through the roof. Suddenly, like, it's like, and not just for Kansas City games, like, suddenly all these Taylor Swift fans are going, if she likes football, we like football. Yeah. And they're all into it, right? On October the 2nd, the Chiefs played the New York Jets. Now, the New York Jets this season were terrible. Right, like really bad. Yeah. Like so, even by like, their own, even by standards. their own, very bad. So, so they are terrible. So there's no reason really to. Ch- and the Chiefs were struggling a bit for a while in the season. So this was not a major game, right? In terms of it, what like it was a interesting game of Kansas City could get back on it. But apart from Taylor being there, it was not anything yeah. that normally would rate well. It was the most watched NFL game since the Super Bowl the year before. Twenty nine million viewers turned in. NBC announced that girls aged 12 to 17 was up 53% across the season. Like That's across all games. Incredible. Just from this, right? Travis Kelsey's jerseys explode by 400%. <laughs> he wasn't in the, like, top 10 popular jerseys. His brothers went off too, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. And now he's among the top five. Yeah. Ticket prices for the 2024 Super Bowl when the Chiefs got in and everyone knew Taylor and Taylor announced she was going to go shot up to the highest they've ever been, right? So in terms of the money, the average ticket being sold ended up at 11,000 US. So the ticket selling for like 660, oh, yeah. that's the average, right? Someone's on $60,000 or something. Travis apparently had to pay a million dollars for the box that Taylor was in and everything to secure it. I reckon they could probably rustle it up. They probably, yeah, they just looked Ooh. in the ashtray of the car. But what a dream result that was to get to oh. – so you go, we've got Taylor Swift. We've yeah. got this incredible uh, marketing Opportunity, team. yeah. And guess what, guys? We're going to watch you in the Super Bowl. You're going to go there and this is going to play out and you're going to win the Super Bowl and then you're going to kiss on the field. 
Like, I, as long as you were writing something for Hollywood, yeah. you could not. A marketing dream like this does not end like this. And the NFL, I'm surprised they didn't just give her the box because what's it? So, <laughs> if I would have thought so. So to give you an idea of how big this was too, this is the impact on the NFL. So you've got to understand, like, if you're not a fan, the impact of Taylor joining the NFL in this way and being a fan. I mean, this is the power she had. When she, she announces, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a show in Japan yeah. and then I'm going to get on a plane and fly back to the Super Bowl, the Japanese government come out and say, we will clear the airport and make sure she makes it. She's on a private plane anyway, but they were like they grounded all the other flights. It was in like and out of. there was a plane with liver transplants and stuff, and they went, <laughs> "No, sorry, you're gonna have to Get wait." I even saw the Herald Sun in Melbourne wrote a thing going how Taylor's Super Bowl dash could affect her tour here, yeah. right? And they said she's gonna have to make a mad dash from Vegas where it was yeah. to Melbourne. For and the I first looked, show straight for the up, first yeah. show. Well, I looked it up. Even the day after the Super Bowl, it was she had five days to get to Melbourne. That's not a mad dash. It doesn't take five. We're not going to doing boats anymore. <laughs> like there are plate, you can't land it here, you know. So do, we mentioned before how big this is worth it yes. for the NFL. So five hundred eight million Australian, three hundred thirty one point five million dollars to NFL in terms of ticket sales. Advertisers wanting to advertise yeah. because they know the extra yeah. viewership figures jerseys, all these sort of things. Women, it's a huge, like it's half a billion dollars already. That was like, she really only came around the second half of the season, right? So this is how big it is. At schools across Kansas City the week leading up to the Super Bowl, Mm. schools all held a Travis and Taylor Tuesday (laughs) (laughs) where thousands of students came dressed up in costume wearing 87 jerseys, which is his number, all dressed as... Taylor Swift or him. Well, the woman who designed a jacket that she was wearing is now has a distribution deal with the NFL. Yeah, her her so, husband plays for 49ers, funnily enough, yeah. as a fullback, and um, she um, created this jacket, and yeah, and straight Total away, one. and it's sold out. And she has and, a licensing agreement with the NFL. Yeah. This is just some of the knock-on yeah. effect of... The thing about this is there was instantly a reaction, and because it's America, nothing in America anymore can be just enjoyed by everyone no. or hated by everyone. It's like it's got to come down. To it's it. got to come down to red I, I, states versus blue states. Are, are you in or Trump, you're out? all yeah. this, right? Like it, nothing can just happen anymore. Yeah. You know, like it's like the war in Ukraine and the Russians. It's like some of them are on Russia's side, some of them are on Ukraine's yeah. side. Which is as we grew up in the eighties, the idea that the Americans would like the Russians or it's, some of them is especially the Republicans. Is the Republican? It is like. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's nuts. and so Taylor is the same, right? So, first came the backlash that the TV networks were cutting to her too much, right? Again, not her fault. Not her fault. She said, "I don't know how they even know what suite I'm in. There's a camera like half a mile away, and I don't know where it is. I have no idea whether it's on me at all. I don't know whether I'm being shown 17 times or once." She said. I'm just there to support Travis. I have no awareness of it being shown too much and pissing off a few dads, Brads, and Chads. <laughs> Right. Now, the thing is, there's an article I looked, found and someone had gone and timed how long she is in an NFL broadcast for each game. The longest is about two minutes. You've got to remember, oh. an NFL game goes for almost four hours yeah. and it's ads, it's stop, start, ads everywhere and it, yeah. there's thousands of things. Some of them she was on for 30 seconds and people still complain and said, it's too much. And I'm like, Jack Nicholson at Lakers games, they show yes, as long as, and, and that's just sport. Like people are, 
going to show famous people, especially they're dating someone. At the boxing, they introduce you. Yeah, Who's in the audience tonight? It's part of it and you like to see it. Yeah, exactly. So it's hardly like this amazing thing. Like we went to the boxing and their old son asked us to take a photo together and ran the paper next day saying Mick Malloy with friend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, she says all that. I remember seeing a picture of the they cut to Mick Jagger and Bill Clinton once yeah. in the crowd. I think they were watching a, a game of soccer yeah. somewhere and I cut to the two of them and I've gone, oh, look at that, one of the greatest pants man in the history of the world and he's with Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I've still got it. Uh, <laughs> at one game, a Baltimore Ravens fan yelled out, you've ruined the uh, NFL. It's ruined it. Yeah, and she said, I didn't do anything, right? So there was a lot of this, like, for everyone that was for it, there were these people that were going, oh, this is ruining my experience of football. I'm like, how is this ruining your experience of football? Like, anyway. Then it got weird. So this is where it splits over politics. One of the pro-Trump broadcasters, Mike Crispy, he on Sunday night on his show, he came out, he has a show, and he said that the NFL Football League is rigged in order to spread democratic propaganda. Oh, my God. And, he and says, away we go, fire yeah. up the lunatic base. Here he said, go. calling it now, Kansas City wins, goes to the Super Bowl, Swift comes out at the halftime show and endorses Joe Biden with Kelsey at the midfield. Oh, that happened. Now, apart from Kansas City winning, which they almost didn't, yeah. that did happen. <laughs> Fox News host, though, Jesse Waters, suggested yeah. the superstar, Taylor Swift, this is on Fox News. Right. Was a Defence Department asset engaging in psychological warfare? <laughs> <laughs> he said, Mrs. Swift political voice with her boyfriends and Kelsey once did an ad for Pfizer for the COVID Correct. vaccine. Correct. So the anti-vaxxers. So they all come out and say, he's, yeah, yeah, he's trying to put my Taylor early doors did say something anti-Trump. Well, she didn't like Well, she's at, yeah, and she's been anti some of the Republican stuff on things like abortion and stuff like that, right? So, she's you know, woman. that was all thing. Yeah, so it's not that surprising. But anyway. Jesse Waters on Fox News says, this is a direct quote, have you ever wondered why or how she blew up like this? Well, around four years ago, the Pentagon Psychological Operations Unit floated turning Taylor Swift into an asset during a NATO meeting. (laughs) You can't write this. (laughs) Like I'm sure they're sitting in a NATO meeting going, you know who we should get? Taylor Swift, that, Operation Swift. That former country and Western singer who's popular with the 15-year-old girls, yeah. she's the one that's going to turn this. Yeah. So he comes out and says this, and this gets picked up everywhere. Yeah. It's like so. Others, though, come out and say this is all kind of ridiculous, right? So people like, and this is where it's so divided over there, Howard Stern comes out. And says, I like it when they cut to Taylor Swift. I know what's going to happen in the football game. Let's send some variables. Let's see how Taylor Swift reacts. Let's see if she talks to Patrick Mahomes' wife. Let's see how she's getting along with Travis Kelsey's mum. Let's see if Travis Kelsey's brother comes in and starts running around with his shirt (laughs) off. So Howard's like... It's a little sidebar. There's a a lot of breaks. There's so many breaks in football in the NFL. Just give me something else. He comes out and says that. Sports betting for the Super Bowl had bets you could make at Vegas. How many times CBS would show her on camera? What shade of lipstick she might be wearing? If she'd endorse President Biden's re-election? And whether she would, Kelsey would propose to Swift after the game. You could bet on all oh. of them. You would have lost on most of them. Yes. Another bet was 
Um, would they announce their first pregnancy at the Super Bowl? Another was, would she be seen mouthing a curse word during the CBS Super Bowl telecast? Another one was, will Taylor Swift's navel be shown on CBS? <laughs> These are specific bets you could go down Brilliant. and place. So that's the craziness of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey mm. and why people are talking about it because the impact of it is next level. How long have they been going out now? Well, I think it's sort of like October last year. October so it's not year. like, you they know. seem uh, like they're going great, right? They it's seem like it's all going same. fine. I yeah. mean, I've got a theory with celebrities of any persuasion and any is, you know, these big Hollywood celebrities and stuff. They ne- none of them stay together forever sure. because they have too many options. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they're hanging around with the best-looking people in the world yeah. and everyone wants to be with them, both men and women, that it rarely ends well. It's like Frank Worthington. You don't, you're don't. you not putting your money on everything. Like, no, this, this is mi- I mean, not going to last. I, I hope good. the kids have a great time and, you know, there's no bigger romantics than you and I. Let's be honest, sure. and, and advocates for lifelong really uh, monogamy. But <laughs> yeah, we really want it to well, work. Well, he's cooked when it's done. A, there'll be a song, and there'll B, be an the album. Swifties will turn. The Swifties. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's playing they with don't fire. Like it. John Mayer has never recovered from. <laughs> he hasn't. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Every time he posts he's something, cooked. He, yeah, he's cooked. They still come for him. They come for him. He had it's to why, put something out pleading for. She had to come out and say, "Look, don't use this song as an excuse to commit warfare." On it's why I've never dated her. That fear. So this has sort of captured the world, but it's not the first time this has ever happened, right? Like this has happened before. And on a similar scale, I would almost argue, not probably not quite as much around the world. The power seems to increase exponentially when you've got a high-profile couple and it couple. just goes boom, yeah. shakalaka. And, you, and also now social media and everything means like when we, you and I were growing up, you couldn't watch NFL on television. So the idea you'd have even known who Travis yeah. Kelsey is back then was limited. It's like Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio. Well, that's that what I was going to talk first. about next. They were the first. So if we look at Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe, so Marilyn Monroe, everyone knows. Sure. Joe DiMaggio, a legendary New York Yankee, Absolutely. arguably the best ever, some would argue, yeah. apart from probably Babe Ruth. Yes. So, you know, just an absolute superstar. Now he, and this was in 1952, they hooked up. This was the first sort of... Sport entertainment couple that crossover. was crossover. Dang, yeah. He'd just retired and she was up and coming. And it was just front page news everywhere when this happened. He um, asked an acquaintance of his who knew her too, could you introduce us? He was 36, she was 26. She was unsure about meeting him because he was such a big star, yeah. bigger than her at the time. And in the course of the relationship, she becomes bigger. That, uh, inverted itself. Inverted itself pretty quickly. And she was on the West Coast in Hollywood and he was in New York. But they hooked up, had a, in terms of they had a first date and she found him charming and lovely. And he was very old school, dating. wasn't he? He was a principled yeah. kind of uh, reason. Yeah, very dapper and, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. So in January of 54, they tied the knot in San Francisco City Hall and there was paparazzi and fans everywhere. It was an elopement. They just ran away and got married basically. Yes. And they'd both been married once before. So she didn't even wear white. She wore like a fur-lined jacket and all this sort yes. of stuff. The, the photos are crazy. Almost as soon as they start, uh, the marriage starts, problems arise because DiMaggio basically, being a very traditional guy, yes. wants a stay-at-home wife. Uh, that's not going to happen. So choosing, he wanted the glamour of this blonde bombshell but also didn't want her uh, to be a blonde bombshell that everyone knew. He wanted her to yeah, stay you're home. You're done now. Yeah. 
he did. He just wanted yeah. her to finish up her yeah. career. And she did not want to do that. So they straight away have problems right away on the honeymoon in Japan. And she is asked, because the Korean War's happening, would you travel to South Korea and perform for the American troops there? And she says to Joe, should I go do it? And he says, we're on honeymoon. And she says, yeah, but it'd be a good thing to do. And he says, it's your honeymoon. Very passively, aggressively. (laughs) You do what you think is right. Yeah, that sort of thing. She goes off and does it, which he wants her to quit entertainment. No, not Scarpa during the honeymoon. honeymoon, right? She's not a good start. Yeah. She goes and kills over there. Because he says, you don't even really have an act. You're an actor, but it's not like you sing and dance and all this. And one of the military guy goes, I don't think the boys will mind <laughs> if she doesn't have an act. They just want her to come. Like, they don't care. Yeah. So she goes off and comes back. It's a huge success. And she says, Joe, you've never heard such cheering. And he says, yes, I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> so it's not going well, right? Uh. So that's all going badly. She then goes and films The Seven Year Itch, famous movie, Billy Wilder. um, And that's the one that has her iconic flying subway scene where the the air comes up from the subway grill. She's standing on top of her, her skirt goes up. Everyone would know this. Now, Billy Wilder arranged it so that to make it like more exciting and capture it all, fans and paparazzi were all there on that set. day. So there's 2,000 people around her and they do it recorded about 20 times yeah. of her skirt going up and everything yeah. and and they're all whooping and hollering to make it like a more exciting shoot. Yeah. And Marilyn's kind of loving it because she's like, you know, loves that attention. And How's all Joe taking Joe's at the uh, filming shoot. and he is more than furious. Yeah. They have a big fight in front of everyone and he storms off to his room and locks himself in there. And like, so it's, it is not going well. It's not working out. They then come back to LA and in 954, just less than a year later, she files for divorce and she cites reasons. That that was when you had to give a reason why you were getting divorced. Now it's no, in Australia, it's no fault. You don't have to even give the reason. But, and so she said it was Irreconcilable differences is a word. That they often use. It's a phrase that I have ringing in my ears. (laughs) You often use that preemptively on the first date. So she cites mental cruelty. There's there's rumours that he hit her. Okay. But then we also, there's people who don't, I don't pretend to be a Marilyn Monroe expert, but they did seem that at least it was pretty harsh. She said he treated him with coldness and indifference. Mm. So DiMaggio is though crushed by this because he loves her and he wants her to be someone who she's not in the way but also still loves sure. her. So he hears that she has hooked up with her voice coach, which is a guy named Hal Schaefer. One night, DiMaggio is out drinking with Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yes. And Frank's got five of his mates with him. Yeah, sure. Right? And connected? Yeah, I think connected. Yeah. So DiMaggio goes, let's go over to this voice coach's house and – Give him a what's for kind of thing. It doesn't look like a fair fight. And Frank goes, <laughs> all right. Frank and his goons yeah. versus a voice coach. Yeah. So on the drive over, it says in uh, one of the biographies, even Sinatra became alarmed by how enraged Dementia was. <laughs> right. So uh, Sinatra, when Frank Sinatra's telling you to cool down, yeah. he tried to dog him down, but no avail. At 11.30 p.m., they barge into an apartment they bum, and <laughs> they break the door down. And the woman who's in the apartment is a 50-year-old lady named Florence Katz who awoke to find her door broken and Joe DiMaggio and Frank Sinatra standing over her. They've got the wrong apartment. 
Oh, that's hilarious. Sinatra pays us, this is in the 50s, $7,500 to get her to just, which is a lot of money. To go away. Despite this, the tab, uh, Hollywood tabloid still found out about it. Should they get to the voice coach? Nah. It's called the wrong door raid, it became known as. I imagine being a voice coach and being beaten up by a man with the greatest voice in the world. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> wait, wait. Wait, I've based you. my whole career on. <laughs> Even though you've been beaten, you go, it's still great I to meet it. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Marilyn then marries the playwright Arthur Miller. Um, but that ends in divorce. And by this point... That was an odd year. That was it. The whole thing's odd. I mean, she was a terrible fit for Joe DiMaggio too. DiMaggio comes back into her life as friends. He's okay. still very keen to get back with no, her. I was getting beaten but, up. Yeah. Now, in the first half of 1961, Monroe goes and has a number of surgeries. She had endometriosis, but she also had depression and she went to a psychiatric clinic. Joe bursts in and secures her and takes her to Florida where he's working for the Yankees as a batting coach in preseason. Um, and there was talk of them getting remarried. Um, it was against the doctor's orders he pulled her out of this place. Okay. Then in 962, about a year later, she died from her overdose. So in some ways him he taking her out of there, we should argue, done the wrong thing. was not a great thing. He never got over it. For 20 years, he made sure to deliver half a dozen red roses to her crypt three times a week. Um, and he never talked about her ever again. That's uh, borderline unhealthy. That's that is. like, yeah. Now, being a Yankee support a player seems to lend yourself to having these relationships. Derek Jeter, who was one of the greats and legendary shortstop, he married in 2016 Sports Illustrated model Hannah Davis. So Jeter got married. But before that, the list of his previous partners was Adriana Lima, the model, Jessica Biel, Jessica Alba, Tyra Banks, Gabrielle Union, Scarlett Johansson, Mariah Carey and Minky Kelly. Jesus. <laughs> So, you know, so compared oh, to no, Travis no. Kelsey is an absolute lightweight oh, compared wow. to this. Crikey. Now, you've also got Alex Rodriguez, who is another Yankees player. Yes. He said in an interview in 1998, long before he'd met her, that his ultimate date would be, he was quite young at this point, he would be Jennifer Lopez. Okay. So he hooks up with Jennifer Lopez. Uh, a bit later, they bump into he each other. He blasted her first, though, didn't he? <laughs> he might well, put out the call. putting it out there. Yeah, because he see, said. putting it yeah. out. This seems to be a thing. This if is you what put you it out in the public, yeah. see if you can get an evil. If you, if you love someone, you need to put it out there, unless it's in your workplace. <laughs> that, trust me, that can get That's awkward. not going to go well. Yeah. They bumped into each other in 999, finally some baseballs for each other, but didn't really know. Then at 2005 at a Yankees game, they were both married. She was married to Mark Anthony, the singer, yeah. and he had a partner as well. Met J-Lo and they shook hands and Mark Anthony is standing next to J-Lo as yes. Alex Rodriguez and her shake hands. And J-Lo said later, this weird electricity occurs for like three seconds, three to five seconds at looking somebody right in the eyes and getting stuck while she's standing next yeah. to her husband. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they eventually hook up after they're both broken up, they go on dates and all this sort of stuff and suddenly it's official. He proposes to her. COVID stops them getting married and in that time she starts to get cold feet and leaves. Right. And one of the reasons is she had known that his first marriage broke up because of his rumoured infidelity with Madonna. 
So right. she power couples on power, power couples. couples. So she decided I don't think I want to do that. Now Alex Rodriguez has also dated Jennifer Lopez, Kate Hudson, and Cameron Diaz. Yes. Now Madonna has been involved with a sports person before, and this might be my favorite story. This what a, is what a pairing: Dennis Rodman and Madonna. <laughs> How the hell do you get all that energy into one relationship? It is like right amazing. There. They dated in 994 for two months, but I think yeah. they got more done in two months than most people sure. do in a lifetime. And this really puts into place how different Travis and Taylor are to Madonna and Dennis Rodman <laughs> because when they first met, she came to one of the NBA games and he said afterwards she locked Rodman in her hotel room and said, I'm not letting you out. He said he thought her music sucked and refused to call her Madonna, instead referring to her as Tita. He doesn't. <laughs> okay. Rodman claimed in his book, his autobiography, that she was constantly sending him faxes. This is before you DM it's a people. simple time. Yeah. You can't have a dick pic of fax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just going to fax you. I'm just going to fax you. <laughs> Replica. You get a fax that says, you up. <laughs> <laughs> Takes five minutes to come through. He says that she wanted to have sex with him all the time and she wanted to have a baby with him. He says, I was rolling the dice in Vegas and she was in New York and she calls. And so I say, hold the dice. I answer the call and she says, Dennis, I'm ovulating. And I say, what? You're ovulating? What is that? He says, I was trying to F with her. He knew what it was. Yeah. And she was like, you know, ovulating. So I say, okay, great. I'll be there in five hours. She sent a plane for me, a G5, and I went to the airport, went over to her house, did my thing, went back on the plane, got back, and they held my table the whole time and I started playing dice again. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's a true love story, isn't it? It is. Fun for the ages. Um, he said that Madonna offered him $20 million if he got her pregnant. Yeah. He said in 1993, I think her career was declining and she said the reason why she dated me was because I was a bad boy. Um, she denies most of what he said, I'm by sure the way. He was confronted with it saying she doesn't says she didn't offer you $20 million for a thing. He was asked, are you sticking to your story? The media asked, and he said, why not? <laughs> Which is okay. not... It's not the ringing endorsement that makes you think everything. No, but it's not a denial. He's, it's not a denial, but it's not, not a... When he's friends with Kim Jong-un, as we've discussed previously That's on the podcast, right. can you really accept much of what Dennis says? <laughs> she, and does Dennis know what's going on? She, she eventually got a baby from where, Malawi? Or yeah, no, and then she personal trainer she had a baby with oh, as yeah. well. So, yeah, she got there in the end and it's probably she dodged a bullet there, I would say. I'm pretty sure she did. The other one, of course, to finish off is Posh and Bex. Posh and Bex are the other one of the modern era. What a collaboration. Which was huge at and the time. And a love story. He lo a love They've story. They've stood the test of time. Hugh earlier and quite cynically suggested none of these people stand the test of time. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, apart from a, a Rebecca Lou's incident, I believe this have been a fairy tale. Well, this ride. is interesting, right, because I'll get your view on this, right? So I was looking into this because I must admit I've always – Posh and Bex, you know, I grew up in the age this was all happening yeah, and absolutely. sort of knew about it and stuff. But, you know, you often, you know, bits of the story and often when we go and research them you go, oh, okay, that's slightly different to what I thought or it's not, you know, but you kind of find more things. So I was looking into this and this has all come up again with the Beckham documentary that was out on Netflix recently. Yes. So they met in 1997. They were at a Manchester United game. He met her in the players' lounge. He gave her a num his number and all this sort of stuff. A year after they meet, they announced their engagement with an $85,000 
ring. They welcomed their first child in March 1999. One person who was not a fan of this coupling was Alex Ferguson. Ferguson. (laughs) He said at the time he had little time for this fashion thing, referring to David's whole lifestyle choices around this time. Um, He said he hopes it's a phase, this was at the time, and it will die out quickly. (laughs) He reckons that Beckham's focus on other things away from football was something in becoming a truly great player, like an excellent player, but not that next level. And this is the thing. Alex Ferguson was one of the things where the reason he was so good as a manager is football was the only thing. That's it. Like it was first. Everything else was a distant second, right? In one game against uh, Leicester City in 2000, Beckham refused to take off his hat in front of Ferguson before the game because he'd had a new haircut. And he knew, and I think he'd he had a shave, and it. he knew yeah. he was going to cop it, right? Ferguson said, at the time I was starting to despair of him, I could see him being swallowed up by the media or publicity agents. So it got pretty hairy for them, though, where one time he came off the ground, Beckham, and police confronted him and said, there's a kidnap plot against your wife and your two kids. And so, like, so, yeah. which I imagine with Travis and Taylor, there's going to be an insane amount of that sure. sort of, like, security. So he, the tensions between him and Ferguson just get higher and higher. And one time he starts yelling at Beckham and accusing him of not running back on defence. Yes. And he kicked this pile of stray clothing in frustration and one of the boots in the pile goes flying and hits Beckham in the face and cuts him above the left eye. Beckham then proceeds to wear a headband that holds back his hair. He says because he can't get the hair in it because it's still bleeding and open and stuff. Ferguson and his people today think he's doing this to show off the cut. So he's off. Eventually they move him in 2003, he goes to Real Madrid. And there it starts to emerge that he'd been seen with a mystery woman. And Victoria's in England, he's in Spain. Then the news of the world reports that David's having an affair with his personal assistant, Rebecca Luz, and that was a huge story. He comes out and completely rejects it. She does tell-all interviews and everything. He says, I did not. Then two more women come forward and claim that they had been sleeping with him as well. Hmm. He denies these rumours again. Sure. And says, I didn't do it. Then another model comes out. He denies that too the whole time. And there's all sorts of sordid details that come out at this time. And so they both, Victoria and David, just come out and say, none of this happened. We don't believe it. And to this day, they say none of this Deny. happened. So everyone says, oh, yeah, he cheated. And, I mean, I'm not saying I believe that he didn't, but in terms of he's denied it all the time. Like they've never, ever. I always thought at some point it kind of got admitted. He's never admitted it. They just glanced over it in the doco, didn't they? There was an allusion to There was an allusion to and what's interesting is they've always said the it troubles, didn't happen. The, the tr- troubles. Yeah, yeah. It didn't happen. But they've they're on the record comments yeah. have always been it didn't happen. And they actually sued the news of the world and various things. So that all happened. Victoria said, I can't begin to tell you how hard it was and how it affected me. Did I resent David? If I'm being totally honest, yes, I did. It was probably, if I'm being honest, the most unhappy I have ever been in my entire life. And you said that they were actually at each other as well as against the entire world at the time, which to me sort of doesn't gel with their statements that nothing happened. Yeah. yeah it wasn't business as usual. Yeah, if it? someone comes out and accuses you wrongly and you know that they didn't do it, do you resent them or do you kind of... You really, laugh it off. Or you resent the person that is accusing them. I don't know. what. It's a, what lucky you and I will never be in this position. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> So that's where they log up. So they are the biggest. So the they're survivors. probably the temp, but they're probably the template 
for the whole celebrity sports and couple. entertainment. The heady mix, yes, that actually is like just dynamite, just the exponential power, yes, of the combined. And Jason Kelsey just recently said, getting back to our original, it's like topic, compound interest, yeah. He said, but he said Travis and I were always superstars in the NFL. He said this level with Taylor and pop culture and everything. He goes, it's like nothing like being a big NFL star. He said, should calm down. Yeah, no, I don't think Jason is calm down at all but why would you he's retired he's beloved for but do you know where he's got it right uh, is take for example tiger woods yes tiger woods portrayed himself as this family man massively in control of his life all these sort of things right. and a man very disciplined so when everything came out it, it was like this grating shock bill cosby you look, it's, it's yeah, the people it's who make out that they are something they're yeah. not but who, no one ever turned around and said, you know what, I reckon this, George Best has really let me down with all this womanising because it was just... It was on the record. It was just public, not like, you know what I mean? Like, Shay, no one really got that upset Enter about Shane Warren, risk. right? Yeah, it's it's just like, Shane you just you don't. No one was going, oh, I'm shocked by it. I this. can't believe it. And so I think Jason Kelsey, I think he got a good family life apparently, but in terms of just being the, like, kind of the party animal lunatic. Lance Armstrong. is fun. Yeah, Lance Armstrong. If you make out or you canonised as some uh, paragon of virtue yes. and found to be not. Oof. I remember you telling me once because a friend of ours had been uh, papped up drinking on the street, like outside of a pub, yeah, like not yeah, like, yeah. you know, and not drunk or abusive. Yeah. And I said to you the next day, oh, yeah, and they, uh, you know, they papped them. And, and you said to me, paparazzi only get money if they get a picture of me without a drink. <laughs> and that's how you, yeah, and that's how you do it. That's how you avoid this. You don't pretend, you just say, yeah, that's that's what I do. That was our timely uh, examination of Taylor Swift and the effect she has on the world of sport, yes. which is our loose connection to this podcast. Girls, please, if you'd like to come and listen. In detail. Yeah, and in finesse, Amorossi is listening. Uh, I've blasted you. Tyson <laughs> uh, O'Reilly, thank you very much. Well done. Hope you enjoyed that episode. We've got plenty more to come. But if you want more, you can become a Bazaar Plus member. It's our membership program where you get a weekly bonus podcast. You get access to all the past episodes. You also get a behind-the-scenes newsletter every fortnight. You get access to our members-only chat room. And the thing I like is if we're doing live shows and coming to your town, you get access to tickets before anyone else. If you're interested, the link is in the show notes.